Hello, this is Anna Murray, and you are listening to the Small Business Coffee Break Podcast, a podcast that is intended to help small business owners by providing encouragement, information, and tools needed when running your own business. As a small business owner myself, I know that the help I've received from others along the way has made a huge difference for me in my business, and I am still learning and growing. Thank you for allowing me to share with you today. I am glad you're here. Before we get started, be sure to subscribe to the podcast so you won't miss an episode. The Small Business Coffee Break Podcast, Episode 3. What I learned about running a business from my career as an educator. Hello, everyone. Thank you for joining me for the Small Business Coffee Break Podcast. I wanted to start today by sharing one of my favorite quotes by Mike Myers, Jr., Go into the world and do well, but more importantly, go into the world and do good. I've used this quote for well over 15 years to help keep me grounded in life, my career, and now in my business. That quote has been a constant reminder that no matter what, be humble, be kind, and take care of others. Thanks for letting me share that with you. In today's episode, I was planning on talking about whether businesses should establish as a DBA or an LLC. However, I decided to talk about something different today. Plus, I learned a valuable lesson in the podcasting world, which is to consider whether or not I should commit to the topic for the next episode and my previous one. When I was doing my research on how to run my podcast, I listened to different podcasts, took online classes, and jotted down tons of notes on what listeners wanted to know and how I should structure my episodes. I feel that I'm a fairly organized person, and I wanted to have a graduated flow to my podcast. I mean, seriously, I am an educator. That's what we do. Plan our outline, deliver the message, and build up to the next topic. Sounded logical. In reality, I am an organized person. However, I also realize that even though structure is good and guides us along the way through the process, sometimes, just as in teaching, you change direction. With that, my new direction for the podcast is to sincerely address the topics that are on my mind in the news, or just need to be talked about. I believe that this will be better for my listeners because I'll be driven by topics and not a boring list of what should be next. The whole reason I started the podcast was to help other entrepreneurs who have questions about starting a business, maybe just need some reassurance about being a small business owner, or quite possibly learn from my experience through stories. Trust me, I don't have all the answers, but I'm definitely a smarter business owner today than when I started on this journey. And guess what? Yeah, I continue to learn every day. So let me get started on the topic for today. What I learned about running a business from my career as an educator. I used to think that I was behind the eight ball because I did not have a business degree from insert your favorite college or university here. I totally discounted that I had much business sense at all. Some might say, as an educator, you won't know how to negotiate your prices. You don't know how to manage the taxes, deal with legal legal issues, and the list goes on. But honestly, this was all in my head, fueled by self-doubt. I knew what I wanted to do, and I had a five-year goal in my head. Well, and it was on paper, too. But would it? Could it really happen? Could I really go from no business experience to running a successful business in five years? And let me just say that successful to me means that I am providing the best service possible 
My clients feel they are my only client and I'm being paid a fair price for my work. Seriously, what could I have possibly learned from a career in education that would guide me in running a successful business? It's really not a hard question to answer. I mean, really? I've learned a lot about a lot of things throughout my career as an educator, and I plan to share four of them with you today. I've learned about the importance of things like, number one, planning an organization. Number two, setting expectations. Number three, meeting deadlines. And number four, treating people well. Now, all these things can be learned and practiced throughout life and other careers, too. But how many other careers have anywhere from 25 to literally hundreds of other people depending on you daily? I mean, right? As a teacher, coach, campus principal, etc., I've had many opportunities to be challenged in those categories listed and more. But for today's episode, I'll do my best to stay focused on the ones I've listed. Let's dive in. The first one, planning and organization. Through my time of being a teacher and coach, it was imperative that I planned out my lessons and practices. With 25 to 100 plus students depending on me, I couldn't just walk into the classroom or practice and wing it. That's not to say that never happened, because it did, and it rarely turned out well. Planning provided me a guide and helped me prepare for the lesson for the day. Having all the materials ready was part of my organization. Even though my classes and practices seemed to never go as planned 100%, I was prepared and more capable of turning on the proverbial dime when necessary. When I was organized and then became challenged with a situation where we weren't on track, according to my plans, I was more likely to be able to adjust based on the fact that I had a plan. And, you can imagine, early on it would frustrate me when things didn't go according to plan. With time, I learned that with my planning and organization, I was actually able to ebb and flow with needed changes or adjustments, and I began to expect them. Now, that has been a huge pillar of learning that I've been able to lean on in my business. Plan as I may, inevitably something will come up and I'll need to make a change. I can confidently state that learning to go with the flow, backed up by my focused planning and organization, has allowed me to take care of last-minute changes and challenges. Let's move on to number two. Setting expectations. When I first started teaching, I wasn't prepared to set expectations for myself simply because all of my training was focused on setting expectations for those in my classroom. My mindset was about controlling others. At least that's how I interpreted the training early on. It didn't take long to realize that setting expectations for myself and my students was the real key. This knowledge helped me in the business world by making sure I set high expectations for myself and how I run my business. I emailed, met deadlines, and responded to requests of my clients. Now you may be thinking that's all good and logical, but how does that translate to setting expectations for others? When it comes to your clients, whether in a brick-and-mortar business or a service-based setting, setting expectations is just as important. Otherwise, they won't know how you want them to be. Let me explain. Have you ever gone into a brick-and-mortar business without a sign on the door that has the hours listed? whether food or drink are allowed, if uh, shoes and shirts are required. A little humor there. Humans do better when the expectations are clear. Expectations provide a safety net that keeps us from having to guess what is expected of us. If you own a service-based business where there's no brick and mortar building to visit, 
there's still expectations. Consider how your clients will get in touch with you. Is it email, text, phone call, other means? If you don't provide the expectations, there's no telling how they will contact you because you've left the expectation wide open. Also, do you want your client calling you at 10 o'clock at night? There's no right or wrong. It's just a matter of what you expect. Before we go on to number three, I want to toss in an organizational tip. Today's tip is having a presence on social media. At its core, social media is free marketing for your business. Social media is a place where you can and should post photos of your inventory, services, events, business hours, business address, contact information, and more. And there are millions of people on Facebook alone, not to mention those on Instagram and Twitter. And whatever else is out there. As a social media marketer, I know that people rely on social media to find businesses in their area. They use Facebook to search for businesses such as restaurants, breweries, wineries, and much more, especially when they're in an area traveling. Particularly, Facebook pages are so commonplace, actually expected, that if your business doesn't have a page, you may be missing out on patrons. Do you recall a time when you've searched Mexican food near me and only looked at restaurants that populated in the search? Well, I know I have. I actually do it all the time. I also search Facebook for businesses that I may be considering so that I can get a feel for the product, maybe the food, what they have to offer with drinks, and the atmosphere they provide. Honestly, in today's business world, businesses need to have a social media presence. And be sure you establish a business page account, which is different from managing your presence for your business through your personal account. They are so very different. And I could get into a deep dive on social media. I know I stated up front that it is free at the base level. There's so much more that you can utilize with it, but that's for another podcast. Of course, if you need assistance with marketing your business on social media, consider budgeting a social media manager to help you. All right, let's get back into what I learned about running a business from my career as an educator. Number three, meeting deadlines. Oh, who loves deadlines? I mean, the thought of a deadline initially makes my brain go through its own knee-jerk reaction. However, I actually thrive on deadlines. Because without them, there's no telling when I'd get my work done. Do you agree? Can you relate with me on that? I had no idea that being a teacher and coach would come with so many deadlines. I mean, seriously, I thought I was going to teach my particular subject to the kids and help them become better at a sport. And if you have any experience with these two areas, you know I had a lot to learn. I can laugh at myself a little about that simple concept, but that's for another day. Deadlines kept my world spinning. Sometimes I felt a little out of control or overwhelmed with all the deadlines. But once I got a handle on them, I realized the amazing power of them. Even when I set them for myself and they weren't coming from a supervisor. In the brick-and-mortar business world, deadlines could be interpreted as planning for the changing of the seasons or or events in your local area. Again, you hear the word planning? Mm -hmm. We know that planning is an integral part of running a business, but setting deadlines helps us stay on track. As for a service-oriented business such as mine, deadlines provide a guide for my productivity. I plan my work for my clients by the month and then down to the week and then down to the day. This allows me to know what I must do, what I need to do, what I should do, and when I need to contact a client ahead of time. 
if I have a question about an upcoming project. This allows for a more relaxed approach to being productive versus being stressed out about what I've done and what I've left to do just for a bunch of sticky notes. All right, let's jump into number four, treating people well. This is one of my favorites. With all the planning, organizations, setting expectations, and meeting deadlines, no one, and maybe no one should, want to do business with you if you don't treat them well. One of the first misconceptions I had about trying to run a business was that as an educator, I wasn't fit for running a business. I was always reminding myself that I wasn't assertive enough with my capabilities and that I would not be paid what I was worth for my services simply because I was not trained as a business person. I didn't have that business swagger. To me, that meant I didn't know how to negotiate prices, stand firm on my pricing, etc. I was an educator, not a business person. I remember when I first began my business, I would throw out my price, which was dirt cheap, and secretly pray that the potential client would hire me. I was so willing to work for peanuts. Once I was able to get a couple of clients, I quickly realized that I should increase my prices. One of my potential clients even insisted that I charge more. That client is still with me and has been such a great mentor for me and a big reason why I started this podcast, to pay it forward, to help others. Now, knowing that at one point I had clients paying me peanuts while others were paying more, I still treated them all the same, like they were my only client. To me, this was treating them well. Putting 100% into the work for the lowest paying client and the highest paying client, this is not something that I will compromise on. If someone trusts me to do work for them, they will get my best. This goes the same for teaching kids. No matter the level of the learner, they're always the most important. They matter equally. Okay, back to what I learned. As I became more experienced with my business and explored new skills, my approach changed a bit by listening to the potential client when we met and trying to get a feel for what I could list as my charges. But this was based on a package, not what the client could afford. Well, it didn't take me long to realize that I need to set my price and allow the potential client to accept the cost or counter offer. Much like with my teaching and coaching, I had to be confident in my abilities and be open to adjust if necessary. So what I've intended to say is that no matter what your workforce experience is, be confident in your life, learn knowledge, and know-how to follow your dreams of being a business owner. You may have to work a little harder, research new things, reach out to your local chamber of commerce for help, or ask a friend for help. But you can be a successful business owner if you're prepared to invest the time and energy necessary. Hey everyone, I hope you've enjoyed today's episode and maybe received confirmation that you really can open that business that you've always wanted to, or to keep going if you've already opened it. Remember, to invest in your dreams. They matter for you and everyone around you. Thank you for joining me for this episode of the Small Business Coffee Break Podcast. Before you go, be sure to subscribe to the podcast so you won't miss an episode and send me your thoughts at feedback at sundanceexpressions.com. I'd love to hear from you. If you would, please take a minute to leave a review wherever you listen to this podcast. Reviews are a way for others to determine if the Small Business Coffee Break podcast could be beneficial to them. 
Thank you again for joining me, Anna Murray, for the Small Business Coffee Break Podcast. I'll see you next time. And until then, be well and do good. <laughs>